above all, we have been awed and inspired by the exceptional courage of the doctors, nurses, EMTs, and healthcare workers who are the soldiers of this war. No words can ever express the complete measure of our gratitude for these intrepid heroes. We felt the days of education and voluntary compliance were really over. Uh, there was enough uh, time and information out there that people should have got it by now. Law enforcement has run out of patience when it comes to violators of the social distancing regulations. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. 95% of us are doing a good job staying at home and following the new rules, but even a small number of people can have a negative impact on our attempt to flatten the curve. In just a moment, we'll hear from San Diego Sheriff Bill Gore on stepped-up enforcement efforts that went into effect over the weekend. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Monday, April 6th. There are now 1,404 local cases of COVID-19. That's one of the smaller day-to-day jumps over the past week, 78 cases. There are 269 people being treated in the hospital. 102 of them are in the ICU. Around the U.S. right now, there are more than 350,000 confirmed cases. 19,000 people in the U.S. have recovered from COVID-19. Governor Gavin Newsom says we're still expecting a surge in COVID-19 cases, but that isn't stopping California from lending a hand to other states in need right now. Everything that's going on in the United States, everything that's going on in New York and other parts of this country, we want to extend not only thoughts and prayers, but we're also uh, extending Uh, a hand of support with ventilators. Uh, Today we announced 500 ventilators uh, from our cash will be sent to the national stockpile to be immediately distributed to states uh, in need, particularly the state of New York. Newsom says when California's need becomes more dire, other states will then be able to get those ventilators back to us here on the West Coast. Last month, Congress passed a $2 trillion stimulus package to try to keep the economy float during the coronavirus pandemic. That includes hundreds of billions of dollars for small businesses to keep the paychecks flowing. But with that amount of money comes a lot of paperwork, a lot of trouble. And tennis reporter John Horn has been seeing how local businesses have been applying to these new funds and what problems they're having. So, John, how difficult has it been for some local businesses to kind of get their paperwork in? Well, just imagine it's the same thing that's happening basically with employment. All these people are out of a job at once. All these people are applying for these loans at once. It's, and there's only so many dollars that can go around. So it's overwhelming the system. People are saying that they cannot get into the online applications. They're saying that they are not getting answers. They're getting conflicting answers from their banks. And some of these bigger banks are just getting overwhelmed during this time when people just really need that money to stay afloat. So what are some of the strategies that you've seen local businesses use that have worked at least in getting through some of the red tape? Well, the biggest one that I'm seeing, and as soon as I say this, it will probably end, is that a lot of the bigger banks are overwhelmed, but these smaller community banks are more agile. There's more personal attention. Those have been the ones that business people from different industries are reporting to me that they are able to get through, get their application in. The other flip side is the people that are owning businesses that have relationships with banks that have that personal connection with an individual banker there. That has helped for some people, but for some it really hasn't. So it's really those community, those smaller banks that seem to be the way to go if now if you can get in. 
bottom line, keep at it. Uh, that money's out there. Uh, just requires a little persistence to make sure that those checks keep flowing. John, appreciate you being on this story and spending a couple of minutes with us. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Students in the San Diego Unified School District were able to check out Chromebooks today as schools prepare to begin distance learning classes following spring break. As part of the modified curriculum, teachers will be able to set their own schedules while kids won't be expected to spend more than two hours in front of a screen each day. And while coursework will be graded beginning on the 27th of this month, no student will receive a lower grade than they had already earned when school was let out on March 13th. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is now in intensive care as he tries to recover from the coronavirus. Johnson checked into the hospital yesterday, 11 days after being diagnosed, but his symptoms are getting worse, and doctors moved him to the ICU today. Meantime, Queen Elizabeth addressed the nation last night and offered a message of hope. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. Elsewhere, there is some hope in Italy and Spain where the outbreak may finally be slowing because of social distancing. The San Diego Zoo is increasing biosecurity measures after a tiger contracted COVID-19 in New York. Researchers think the animal caught coronavirus from a human zookeeper. It's an indication that humans can pass the illness to animals. The San Diego Zoo says wildlife professionals are using physical distancing, face covers, hand washing, and disinfecting to prevent the spread to animals. None of the wildlife have been affected so far. By now, we should all know that social distancing with more than six feet of separation is required. Face coverings are recommended when you have to go out, and group gatherings are strictly prohibited. But there's still some gray areas when it comes to San Diego County's coronavirus regulations. So who better to clarify some of those questions than San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore, who talked to 10 News anchor Mary McKenzie about the enforcement of those regulations and just what deputies are keeping a close eye on. Well, thanks for having me on, Mary, because I think it's important to spread the word to everybody in, in the county that uh, you know, send that message. We're all in this together. And for a couple of weeks after the executive, the, the governor's executive order and the public health order were issued, we were trying to educate and get voluntary compliance. Well, last Thursday, as we headed into a really a critical time here, I think, for uh, us to be successful and flatten that curve that we've heard so much about, we felt the days of education and voluntary compliance were really over. Uh, and there was enough uh, time and information out there that people should have got it by now. Uh, so we were going to start issuing citations. We did over the weekend issue, I believe the number was 22 citations. Uh, and it, it's just getting the word, as you know, the, the governor's executive order and the public health order say to stay at home and only go out on, on uh, essential uh, errands, whether it's to buy food, go to the pharmacy, get gas for your car, uh, commuting to work if you're in one of those critical uh, areas that still is working. Uh, and also, obviously, you have to be able to go outside to walk mm -hmm. your dog and maybe walk in your neighborhood. But that doesn't mean get in your car, drive out to the beach, sit there with a group of friends and watch a sunset. That doesn't that really doesn't qualify as critical travel. So it, we've tried through, like I say, education and, and voluntary compliance to get that message out, and uh, that's, that was the main area that we issued citations in uh, this last weekend was at the coast. So, Sheriff, try to get some clarification on who exactly is getting tickets at this point. It sounds like are these egregious violations only right now? 
Absolutely. We're not stopping cars on the freeway and asking if they're on their way to uh, a critical job that they have or they're on their way to the pharmacy or supermarket. What we're doing is trying to address uh, people in, in groups that are gathering, like we, I gave you the example of, at the beach to watch the sunset, uh, which is not a, uh, an essential part of our life. I know it's very nice, and it probably helps save some people's sanity, but I think we, we have to take a step back and see, what are we doing this for? It's not to make uh, your life inconvenient. It's to save lives and keep the, uh, the people ended up in our hospitals and our ICUs from, from overburdening our health care system here. So if we can just stick with this a few weeks more, uh, hopefully we'll manage to get over this, this hump and we won't be stuck in this mode for two to three months. We can get through it in two to three weeks. That's what we're trying to accomplish. I have to say, 95% of the people in this county are doing a great job. They get it. We're in this together. But there's a few that just don't. Um, We had a lot of people going up to the mountains this weekend, up to Julian, which is a beautiful little town. But they're going up there with their families, maybe going out and hiking and then coming back into the town uh, to get some food on the way back. Uh, and, and congregating uh, around the restaurants. We also had motorcycle clubs and car clubs that did their regular rallies. Those are not essential functions, and that's that's what we're trying to limit the travel to is essential functions, and, so, and that's the message we're trying to get out. So it sounds like, if I'm understanding you right, you can go out for a run, you can go out sure. for a walk, but it's those it's those gatherings that we're trying to avoid, and you will Abs- likely only be ticketed in those sort of more egregious cases. Absolutely, and I think the county is strongly encouraging, if you're going to go out and do that exercise and walk in your dog in your neighborhood, wear some kind of face protection. Uh, as we know that you might feel great, but this, this uh, virus is, is spread uh, through the air when you're asymptomatic. You might feel good, but you're still spreading the disease. So that's the purpose for the face mask. I'm so to glad keep you other, mentioned not, that. It doesn't really keep you from getting it. It protects you from giving it to somebody else when you're when you don't think you're uh, sick. We understand that there are some uh, some people who may be facing misdemeanor, lesser charges, who may be let out on bail right now in order to sort of make room and to stop spread, to sort of keep distancing. Can you shed some light on, on how you're handling intakes at, at jails and so on right now? Sure. We've, we started a month ago approaching this from a lot of different angles. First of all, trying to really enhance our screening of anybody coming into our jails. Uh, That starts now in the patrol car, the deputy or the police officer's car with the inmate in the back of it, to where we start our medical screening of that inmate plus the the officer, the arresting officer. If that person is symptomatic, they are put into isolation uh, and uh, given a test and wait for the appropriate time to to see if they have uh, COVID-19. At the same time we're doing that to try to keep it out of our facilities, we are trying to downsize our population in our jails so that we can uh, socially distance. Jails weren't meant to socially distance people, but we realize in this crisis that's something we have to do, not only to protect our inmates, but to protect our our staff that are working in these jails. So we're trying to create space by uh, looking at uh, working with the judiciary, the DA, the public defender, to take people in their last 30 or 60 days of, of, of their sentence, these are sentenced inmates, and on my authority, releasing them uh, early to, to downsize our population. Uh, at the same time, we're encouraging uh, arresting officers, deputy sheriffs, police officers throughout the county, 
instead of bringing people in and booking them into our facility, misdemeanors that are going to be released on no bail anyway, a lot of these misdemeanor warrants are no bail warrants, or no, no bail arrest, instead of doing that and bringing them and exposing them into our jails and our, our population is to uh, cite them in the field uh, and, and make no arrest, cite and release as opposed to arrest and release with no bail. So that's, uh, we've been pretty successful. We lowered our jail population by about 18% in the last month. Uh, so that's, that's the purpose of, of, uh, of the downsizing. Lastly, last question I can think to ask you is kind of the current status of the department in terms of the number of deputies right now who have tested positive or are in isolation or quarantine right now. Can you Do you have the latest numbers on the department? Uh, in, in our jails, we have 40 uh, inmates that are in quarantine. One has tested positive. Uh, of our staff, I believe the last number I saw was uh, four sworn three or four sworn and one uh, professional staff that have been uh, diagnosed positive for COVID-19. And do you know how they're all doing as of now? Uh, so far, they're all doing uh, well. They're on home quarantine. And everyone that turns up positive like that, like like our inmate, the one positive we have in our jail out of 40, you know, started with 5,500, now we're down to 4,500 inmates. That one inmate that's just tested positive, we do what we call contact investigations. Who was that inmate in, in contact with? Who are those deputy sheriffs? Who was that uh, professional staff in, in contact with? So we can do a uh, properly isolate them for the uh, 14 days uh, when it's necessary. Sheriff, I thank you so much for calling us and I uh, really appreciate the time. This Mary, time. pleasure to be on. Thanks for help, helping me get the word out. Finally, it's my goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. And today, 10 News reporter Laura Acevedo introduces us to a pair of students who are using their free time to help out local healthcare workers and hard-hit local restaurants at the same time. Andrew's son and Isabella Liu are both high school students who felt helpless at home during the COVID-19 outbreak. I guess the feeling of actually been, being able to do something from the chairs in your living room, it's very rewarding. Both Sun and Liu are part of an organization called the Youth Care Club. Sun had an idea meals for health heroes. Maybe we could take donations from the community and use that donations to buy food from these local restaurants and distribute it to hospitals. The group has already raised over $2,000, donating food to healthcare workers at UCSD Health La Jolla and Scripps Mercy Chula Vista. Generally, the um, restaurant that we're ordering from, they have like a built-in delivery service and we'll schedule a time with the hospital and all the money comes out of our funds that we've received from the um, community. Ordering food from restaurants that are also struggling. We wanted to try to help both at the same time, so it was like a win-win situation. The group has a third delivery scheduled for Wednesday. The teens hope donations will continue so they can continue the deliveries. We want to show them that we're really grateful for what they're doing for us and for them and for our community as a whole. To donate, you can find a link on our website, 10news.com. 10 News is tracking the number of coronavirus cases in San Diego County. Just go to 10news.com and click on our local COVID tracker. There you can find the breakdown of local cases by age and gender. You can also see the geographic location using our interactive map. We also have a list of resources, including how you can help those in need of supplies and how to identify coronavirus symptoms. Just go to 10news.com or download our free 10 News mobile app. 
That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together. 